Welcome to Gov Innovator. I'm Andy Feldman. Our topic today is promoting children's health by creating smarter school cafeterias. Our guest is David Just, the co-director of the Cornell Center for Behavioral Economics in Child Nutrition Programs. Here's a clip. One of the coolest things is we were able to go back after a year and visit with the school food service workers, and they had collected data on what actually took place and what actually you know, happened as they were doing these things. And they had these testimonials. Uh, they were talking about oranges, fresh oranges that they had put up, and they had now tripled the amount of oranges that they were ordering because the kids were taking so much more. How can schools use low-cost solutions to help children make healthier food decisions? Our guest today, David Just, is an expert on that topic. An economist by training, he's a professor at Cornell University and co-director with Brian Wansick of the Cornell Center for Behavioral Economics in Child Nutrition Programs. His research has included dozens of field and lab experiments that identify the subtle factors in the environment that can lead both children and adults to make healthier food decisions. I'm glad to have him with us from Cornell. David, welcome. Thank you. So tell us what you mean by a smarter lunchroom. So a, a smarter lunchroom is a lunchroom where, by design, the healthier choices are the easier ones, the ones that uh, the kids are more likely to take on their own. And can you give us a quick example to get us started? Sure. So you walk into the lunch line and you have fruit sitting visibly in a couple of different places on the line. Because first off, having it there visible and sitting up in a fruit basket where you can see it and it's easy to reach, you end up with kids taking it about twice as often as they would, you know, under normal circumstances. And beyond that, you know, having it sit there in a couple of different places on the line Usually when you see fruit the first time, when you're walking by it on the line, by the time it sort of triggers with you that, hey, I like fruit, I'd like, you know, I should take some, you're already past it in the line and, and it's too late. So you have it in that second place and you can actually just about triple the amount taken by having that second opportunity. It's setting up little things like that all through the lunch line that just sort of tilt the playing field a little bit towards the healthier options. I know that you and your fellow researchers have created a list of important design principles or nudges that school leaders can take to create a smarter lunchroom. Tell us about some of them. Sure. So we usually talk about six basic categories of you know, different nudges or types of changes you can make that, uh, that are going to affect what kids choose. The first and probably the most important is convenience. Even just very, very small changes in convenience can have a really big impact. So putting the white milk in front of the chocolate milk, so you have to reach maybe two to three inches more to get the chocolate milk. Um, you're, you know, you're not making anybody mad because you're not taking away their chocolate milk, but you get about a 26% increase in selection of white milk because they didn't want to reach three inches further something very, very small, but it can have such a big impact. And, and they're all through the line. You can start thinking about how do we make the, the healthier foods a little more convenient. Another one that is really, really important is visibility. Most people, when you walk into a restaurant or a cafeteria, you're not walking in thinking, here's the list of things I want to get. So it's, it's the first thing they see, but it's also sort of what's at eye level. Um, for those of us who haven't been in a school for a long time, they still have these, uh, these sort of stainless steel 
bins under a sneeze guard. And, and when it's sitting under a sneeze guard, it becomes less visible. Um, and, and all too often, you'll go to a school where what's under the sneeze guard and what's down sort of under the shelving are, are the fruits and vegetables, and kids can't see them. So beyond visibility and, and convenience, you also have smart portion sizing. It's strategically using the size of dishes and utensils to try and get kids to eat the right amounts of things or to have the right sorts of portions of things. So if it's something that is a little more calorie dense, you want to put it in a dish or a part of a tray that is smaller so that it looks like there's more there. And, you know, the studies find people are more satisfied with smaller amounts when it comes in a little bit of a smaller dish. People actually change how much they eat by about 33% just by changing that size. And why is it? It's because we, we really don't figure out if we're full or not by some sort of, you know, chemical reaction in the body or, or some sort of feeling in the body. It's, it's our eyes, our eyes telling us, oh, we've finished a portion, so we must be, we must be satisfied now. You can do the same thing on the flip side and make, make it so that people, you know, sort of perceive their vegetable portions as smaller than they are or their, their fruit portions, right? Um, increase the amount of fruit and vegetables that, uh, that people are eating using that same principle. You also had some advice about so-called competitive food items. Tell us about that. So the competitive food items are the, the items that aren't include with the National School Lunch Program, but there are other items that are for sale and available um, for, for those who want to pay for an unsubsidized meal um, or a portion of a meal. And essentially, what you want to do is make sure that when you're, you're putting together priced bundles, that you find some way to encourage healthier eating, right? So there was one school we went to where they were bundling together three cookies for a dollar, right, which gave you a little bit of a discount which sounded nice, but the kid really doesn't need the second and third cookie, right? Instead, finding a way to just bundle that first cookie with milk, something that would end up being healthier for the kid and could add to the, the school lunch budget. Will you give us an example school district, David, that you've worked with and tell us about how they applied some of these principles? Sure. So one of the best school districts we've worked with, and they're, they're all great, um, mind you, King County up in, in Washington State. We went out there and we held trainings with them and, and gave them options and different things that they could do. And, uh, and one of the coolest things is we were able to go back after a year and visit with the school food service workers and they had collected data on what actually took place and what actually you know happened as they were doing these things and they had these testimonials uh they were talking about oranges fresh oranges that they had put up and they had now tripled the amount of oranges that they were ordering because the kids were taking so much more it led the school food service workers to think they could actually make a difference it, it was empowering for them I didn't know about the uh, orange revolution of King County. I like it. Tell us, David, about the process of how you work with a school district to try, or a school, to try and help them um, design a smarter lunchroom. Sure. So we've been, well, we've worked with school districts across the country. I, I think right now we're in, in 20% of schools. Where we started was with the upstate schools near where we are. And we would teach them about how kids respond to convenience and visibility and, and all of the other principles that we talk about. And then talk to them also about here are the types of things you can do and give them a bit of a menu. In fact, we, we put together a menu on our website of a of hundred different small changes you can make 
each one that we've shown, you know, has, has a pretty substantial impact. And at that point, we just asked them, which of these do you think uh, you'd be interested in making and, and, uh, and have them decide which ones are relevant in their circumstance, which ones are most likely to be, you know, acceptable not only to the food service workers, but to the kids as well. Speaking of menus, it's kind of like giving them a menu of evidence-based nudges. It's exactly that. Because, you know, not every school is the same. And we want them to be, you know, to have some bit of buy-in in what they actually change. One of the things we've actually found is when the school food service workers get excited about this and put in the changes they are excited about, it becomes much more effective. So what's your advice for a school or a school district that wants to get more involved in creating a smarter lunchroom? So I guess the first thing I would recommend doing is, is going and poking around our website, smarterlunchrooms.org. There we have not only the menu of different sort of behavioral insights that I was mentioning, there's also some basic training that gives you some background. You know, for some, you do that and you might have enough to really get started and make some changes. Uh, for others, you might look at that and you might still think, well, I'm not quite sure where to start. If you're in that category, then I, I would send us an email or give us a call, one of the two, and tell us that you're interested because we do regional trainings. And, and very often we might be able to find some way to get you to one of those regional trainings and, uh, and give you a little bit better idea, walk you through step by step how, how you get started. Finally, David, I'd like to ask one more question that shifts the focus to adults. To what extent can these principles that you spoke about be applied to getting adults to make healthier food choices? So almost all of them. You know, we like to think as adults that we're, we're very calculating about what we eat and what we do to take care of our bodies. But the, the truth of it is we make hundreds of food decisions a day and we just don't have the time or the cognitive resources to devote to making good decisions every single time. And so we, we're going to fall prey to our, our rules of thumb and other things like that. And, and so what does it mean? It means that when we go into a, a hospital cafeteria or if we go into a cafeteria in a workplace, we can make the same changes and we see the same size results. Now, I, I said some of these things don't apply. Well, they do apply. They, they become a little bit different. One of the results we, you know, I didn't really mention, using exciting names for foods can really change their consumption. So when it comes to kids, you want to get them to eat carrots, you call them x-ray vision carrots. If you want to get them to eat the bean burrito, you call it the big bad bean burrito, and suddenly it's something exciting. Well, parents or adults, those names aren't going to be very exciting to them. You want to use something that describes the sensory experience, right? So you, you want to use words like succulent, or you want to talk about homemade, or... or things that sort of give an emotional feel instead. But other than that, all the same little tricks, all the same little ways you can, you can just sort of tilt the playing field for a kid, all work with adults too. That's a great point. It's just like how fancier restaurants will label every food item to be very detailed and sound amazing. You know, a tomato salad will become an heirloom tomato salad with homemade sherry vinaigrette and so on. That's exactly what they do. And, and it's, it's a funny thing that throwing on those labels actually do change things. You know, in, in laboratory experiments we've run, you can show people rate the taste higher as soon as you attach those labels, even though it's the same food. 
These are interesting and practical insights. David Just from Cornell University, thanks so much for being with us. Great. Thanks a lot.